The following is a presentation of Dating Kinky. Kinky connections and kinky education. We're kinky done differently. What women and other wonderful humans want. A frank and fun discussion about the way people approach each other for romance, relationships, friendships, or other partnerships that make us happy, as well as an intimate discussion about how to connect with our own authentic self, with questions asked by a guy. And now, here is your host, John, or as we call him around here, hi there, catsuit. Hello there, Nookie. It's not often that I find myself at a loss for words, but that is exactly how I felt when I first saw our guest tonight. Combining fitness training, a latex fetish, and a love for kink in one beautiful personality, they create a vision of inspiration and badassery the likes of which I have never seen. Virtual fitness trainer, photographic artist, dominatrix, and latex fetishist with a passion for inspiring people to live their most healthy, fulfilling, and authentic lives. Trinity is a new kind of animal. Their enthusiasm for fitness and alternative sexual expression can be seen through the startup of Shine Fitness Training, a virtual fitness training business founded in March of 2021. Alongside the fitness training business, Master Trinity aspires one day to become a professional dominatrix. She says, to be able to guide others and show them how to safely expand their physical sexual experiences in a healthy and effective way, that would be a dream come true. Known as Matrix Dominatrix on Instagram, Trinity was born to break the mold of what it means to be human what it means to be a sexual being, and what it means to live a confident and healthy lifestyle. It's five questions about memorable firsts. We call it the first five. First time you put on a piece of rubber clothing and you're feeling when you did. It was seriously mind blowing. I always liked the look of it. I always thought it looked sexy. I liked the appeal of it. But once I actually bought a rubber suit, that was the very first time I actually had a piece of rubber clothing on my body besides just doctor's gloves. Um, I got a thin 0.25 millimeter cat suit from Simon O. I put it on. I love the way it felt. I pleasured myself. And then I realized why so many people are into this. It was unbelievable. How old were you when that happened? I was only 25 at the time. So this is a pretty recent thing. I'm 26 now. Um, so it was a little later in life than I would have wanted it to be. But that was at the point of my life. I had a good job and I could afford to buy the cat suit, And uh, so that's why it took me so long. First time you ever felt a little different? Huh. 
better question is, have I ever felt normal? <laughs> you know, I honestly, for my whole life, I've always felt just a little bit different. I don't know. I've, I've felt kind of like it was hard to make lots of friends. I always had a couple of close friends and they were always a little bit odd like me. <laughs> we were always doing uh, dress up. We were playing pretend. It was always this kind of fantasy land world. Um, and even into my adulthood and into my uh, late twenties or actually early twenties, post-college, it's always been a little bit of a loner me because it's hard to find people who are a lot like me um, until I've met the rubber community. That's definitely changed the game for me. First time you ever had someone tell you that you've changed their life and your reaction to it. What I instantly remember is um, a client of mine I've worked with, with personal training and they had some problem with their shoulder and they just couldn't move it in a certain way. So we had been working on it for a long while. And I just remember I gave them this one exercise. It was just one thing that was so simple, but then they did the exercise. And then this look on their face, it was like their eyes just opened and they're like, I haven't felt that part of my body in, I don't know when. And then after that point, they told me, they're like, you've completely changed my life. Like I've had so much pain and I didn't know what to do to fix it. I've been to doctors, I've been to chiropractors. I didn't know what to do. And now that I've worked on my body and I know how to move it, you've changed my life. And that was just the best feeling ever. It really did feel like, you know, I'm working hard and I care and it, it all comes together to create what I want is to help other people. It was a great feeling. First time anybody addressed you as Master Trinity and your emotions going through that? First time I had somebody address me as Master Trinity was when I posted about it and I asked people to not call me mistress. Um, it just doesn't feel like it fits me. I don't really feel very feminine when I'm in my dom state. I definitely feel a little bit more of that masculine energy coming out, which I really get off to. I really like playing that role. Um, there's a little bit of this feeling inside me. I remember telling my parents and they thought it was really weird at the time, but I thought it made complete sense that I felt like a gay man in a woman's body. I just have that kind of hypersexuality. I'm kind of this, you know, extremist kind of person. I like rollerblade. I like doing bikes and stuff. I just like doing like really cool things. And uh, so to be able to be referred to as master Trinity, uh, I got so turned on. Like that just felt so good to me to hear somebody say that. Um, to get rid of that kind of construct of, oh, she looks like a woman, she, you know, is a woman, but I'm actually calling her master instead of mistress. That feeling of that respect was just, it, it felt really good. First time you truly felt comfortable in your own skin. I guess that's still an ongoing journey. You know, I think that I'm feeling more and more comfortable in my own skin, but I wouldn't say I am quite comfortable in my own skin. I think I'm still discovering parts of myself that need acceptance and love. And I think that's totally a natural part of being a human being. So I'm still on that journey. Hi, this is Rachel Leadham, AKA The Conscious Masochist. I'm an author and sadomasochism integration mentor who encourages the mindful exploration of your dark side. I offer astrological birth chart readings to interpret your sadomasochistic blueprint through the clues found within your chart. You can learn more about my work, including the ebook Conscious Masochism, at my website, www.rachelleadham.com. 
and join us on Instagram at The Conscious Masochist. And be sure to check out my episode in the archives of What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. Hi, my name is Leanne and I am the owner of Polyphilia, where you can get your daily fix of memes dedicated to polyamory, ethical non-monogamy and personal growth in open relationships. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at Polyphilia Blog, spelt P-O-L-Y-P-H-I-L-I-A-B-L-O-G. I hope to see you there and please also check out my episode on what women and other wonderful humans want. Hello, I'm Jessie Sage from Peep Show Media. Peep Show Media is a multimedia magazine bringing news and stories from the sex industry. Be sure to check out our website at peepshowmedia.com for essays, porn reviews, events, interviews, news stories, and more. Also, make sure to listen to our podcast, The Peep Show Podcast, anywhere you get podcasts. And for a bit more of a personal glance into my life, make sure to check out my January 15th interview on what women and other wonderful humans want. Are you liking what you're hearing? Check out the Total Archives wherever you find your podcasts. And please remember to subscribe so you don't miss a minute. And while you're there, help John out by giving him a rating and review. We really appreciate your feedback. Now, let's get back to what women and other wonderful humans want. I wanted to start this portion of the program by reading a Twitter post that you put out just about a month ago. It says, I've been bullied for being skinny. I've been bullied for being fat. I've been bullied for looking too fit. I've been bullied for not looking fit enough. The point is people always got something to say, but what is most important is what you say to yourself. Love yourself. What was the motivation behind that? Um, I got to a point. Um, it was that day in particular. I was quite frustrated. Again, it kind of goes back to the theme of trying to feel comfortable in my own skin. Um, so in the fitness industry, um, you know, I, I work really hard on my body. I've gone through some of the most grueling things that you could do to the human body to try to get to where I am today. Um, I've had a lot of health issues major health issues that it wasn't really obvious to the seeing eye, but I was dealing with since I was 12. Um, And so I've done a lot of inner work and a lot of physical work to be able to heal those health issues. And as I've begun that healing journey, uh, I've realized that some people hold somewhat resentment towards that um, because they're looking in comparison where, you know, we were growing up together and now I'm this fit, skinny, you know, you know, active person, she's good looking, she's wearing all this rubber and stuff, and they're still where they were at. So even as I've kind of gotten to where I need to be, even in that, you know, people will still kind of look at you like, well, you just think you're better than everybody. Whereas in contrast, when I was uh, dealing with a lot of the health issues, I used to be made fun of by a lot of boys in high school and college as the girl who looks cute, but her stomach looks weird. I had a very distended abdomen. I was very bloated. I had a lot of food allergies that I didn't know that I had. Um, So I used to be bullied uh, for the way that my abs looked. As an athlete in college, everyone else had, you know, strong ripped abs. And I was the girl who was kind of jiggling around (laughs) a little bit. And it just looked odd for being in that environment. I was made fun of for being the overweight athlete. I wasn't overweight. I just had some gut issues. 
So even in that sense, you know, you could be, you know, a strong, powerful athlete. People are still going to make fun of you for something. Um, it's just no matter where you are in life, you know, someone's going to try to bring you down to try to bring them up. But all it does is bring you both down to a certain level. But if you stick to where you're at and you love yourself, whether you're fat, skinny, fit, not fit, but you love yourself and that radiates through, that's all the confidence you need because it's your life. You know, you can't let other people affect the way that you experience your life. As I look at your feeds, whether they be Instagram or Twitter, I see this character of confidence. I see this character of inspiration, but I also see a bit of vulnerability in that. And to me, that's not a bad thing, but what does it make you feel? Um, I think, I think that those two aspects of myself, that super confidence, um, and then also that vulnerability, um, they just play off of each other. You know, I feel like that confidence part of myself kind of tries to encourage that uh, vulnerable side of myself to be a little bit more open and, and kind of um, be stronger within that vulnerability. Whereas my vulnerable self kind of balances that confidence and it makes me more relatable to other people. So they kind of like to play off of each other. Um, and you know, I don't, I think that's just me being absolutely me. You know, I don't think that people who are really confident are confident all the time. If they're confident all the time, then they're lying to you because they're humans, you know, um, and people who are really vulnerable, you know, they shouldn't feel like that's an area where they can be stuck. You know, it's okay to be vulnerable. Um, but also being confident in your ability to be vulnerable, I think is also really important. So when you portray the character of Matrix Dominatrix. Is it much different from Samantha? Not at all. <laughs> you know what it is? It's, it's the highlighted version of Samantha. It's everything that Samantha has become highlighted into one particular character, and it puts it all together out there for the world to see. And that's, it makes me feel more like myself to be this uh, to be Trinity. Trinity is the sole creator of the matrix dominatrix um, kind of realm. So um, to be Trinity is to be the most authentic version of Samantha, in my opinion. How did the character come about? It's so funny. I've been waiting for someone to ask me this question because everybody thinks like, oh, you're a really big fan of the movies, which I am. I like the movies. I think that they are great. I love the idea behind it because I do feel like it reflects a part of my life. But the two things that really brought together Matrix Dominatrix, one, Matrix, was a nickname that I had as I was training in the gyms because I was always on the Matrix stair stepper. So people were always calling me Matrix. I also have these Ray-Ban sunglasses and every time I wear them, people are like, Matrix, just because of my favorite sunglasses. But two, I went to Trinity Christian School. It was a very small conservative Christian school where a lot of my sexual repression, um, I dealt with a lot. I hated myself. I thought that I was a sinner. I thought I was going out um, because people kept looking at me as the temptress, as the overly sexual person. I was suspended one time for playing truth or dare with the boys. It was just this whole entire mess. So to be able to take that experience from my life and kind of transfer it over to my true self, 
I love being called Trinity because it kind of changes that aspect for me. I don't think of it as my school anymore. I think of it as what has developed me into the character, the person and the human being that I am. So that's really where Matrix, Dominatrix, Trinity really originated from was those two aspects of my life that I've kind of even pulled together with the fitness and the kink kind of pulling that together. When I go out to a kink event, or actually when I would go out in Cleveland when I lived there, not so much here in Cincinnati because not enough people know me, I had more people calling me catsuit than they did calling me John. And both parts were definitely me. But catsuit was more like the real me, just like you're talking about, than John was. So who is Samantha? I think Samantha is a soul on a journey of discovering herself. That's exactly who Samantha is. She's uh, a work in progress, a piece of art that will never be finished. Um, she is beautiful, but that's Samantha. I appreciate so much about how you've built this portrayal of your genuine self. Maybe it's just me, but I see this sweet side inside of you that you don't show a lot. <laughs> when do you show that? I definitely, I show my sweet side, I think in more personal relationships. I know that with my clients, when I'm training them, I show my sweet side, even my subs, when I'm playing with them, I show my sweet side because I care. I want people to feel good. I want people to feel better about themselves because when they feel good, I feel good. It's the empath of me. When other people are feeling good, I feel great, <laughs> you know? So I definitely am a sweetheart. I just, again, I like to play that kind of tough guy, kind of intimidating role because it makes me feel more confident and stronger, you know? It's kind of like that whole fake it till you make it thing, you know? Mm -hmm. As much as I'm this sweet kind of vulnerable person, when I'm in that kind of confident, kind of badass, like I'll do this to you kind of mode, it kind of allows that vulnerability and that sweetness to kind of strengthen up a little bit, maybe let go a little bit, you know, show a little bit of sass and some spice. Feels great. I'm almost seeing imagining this person at home where there is the there's the sweet and and laid back side of you and then you look over to your rubber drawer and go okay it's time <laughs> i need something different now time now to put on these wonderful leggings and this gas mask and this is what i need to be right now just how much fun it is it to be able to just flip that switch whenever you want to it is so awesome. And, and a lot of times I find myself flipping that switch when I'm feeling very stuck. Sometimes I'll get into these modes where like, I won't wear latex for like a week or a week and a half and I can feel it. I'm feeling kind of bogged down, drained. I'm kind of getting stuck in this mindset. But once I put that on, again, I feel like I, I tap back into my true self. I kind of remind myself of, you know, what really are you trying to get out of life here? You know, what really are you all about? You know, being able to be in full rubber, be able to be in that full fetish mode, it just definitely adds that contrast of that programmed normalcy that people want you to live compared to how do I want to live? What's mm -hmm. my life? So it definitely, definitely is great to be able to have that option to be able to flip back and forth a little bit, get that contrast. 
I have described wearing a cat suit and realizing that mine are all lycra and spandex because I haven't gotten a latex one yet. Keyword yet. I have always described it as the constant caress of a material on every single part of the body at the same time where you can't concentrate on just one part of your body. It's an entire being. Mm -hmm. How would you describe wearing a cat suit? I know for me, um, depending on where my awareness is, uh, I, d I don't feel like it's an overwhelming sensation. Like I feel like everything I'm feeling everything, it's usually very much more concentrated as to what I'm kind of focusing on. But I have noticed this, which is one of the reasons I really do like wearing the rubber, especially the full cat suit. When your body is injured, your nerves might not be firing as well. Um, so you start to disassociate from those parts of your body. I know that I have some problems with the top of my right hip and the back of my right shoulder. And if I go too long without wearing that latex, I get really bad pains in my shoulder and in my hip. But when I'm wearing my latex, I can feel that air. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's like almost tingling. Like it's almost a little bit numb. And I find myself touching that area and I'm kind of feeling it, moving through it because I can feel it better now. It's got that constant kind of sensation happening around it. So it allows me to kind of tap into those areas and just feel my body, which for me, I find is really, really healing. Like that's one of the reasons I like working out in the latex because I feel my body better. I can feel what's happening, sliding in the suit, sliding in the latex. And it just makes that awareness of what's happening on your skin, in your body, that much more acute. When I went through COVID, I would put on suits just to feel better and just to get a hug because I was so touch starved. Mm. Does that help you as well? And you know, this is a, this is interesting. So when I first got into the kink scene, it was in November of 2019. So I was able to go to one kink party. I was able to finally get my latex in around, you know, December, January. That's when I finally got my full enclosure and everything shut down. I had tickets to go to Fetish Weekend. I had plans to go meet people, play with people, be able to touch people. Because leading up to that point, when I finally bought the latex suit, I had been celibate for a year because I was so scared of being intimate with people. I did not feel comfortable with it. I had gotten out of a abusive relationship and I didn't want to be touched. I didn't want to be held. I didn't want anything. And I realized after a whole year of that, that that's not healthy. You should feel like you can connect with people and be safe with people and have physical contact with people. So a lot of me buying the rubber in the first place as well. Again, I've always been interested in it, but I finally made the decision because I wanted to be touched and I wanted to feel comfortable being touched. I wanted to be able to be a nobody and be completely covered in rubber. You don't know who I am. I'm not good looking. I'm not bad looking. I'm a nobody to you. And you can touch me. You can be comfortable touching me because there's not this expectation. There's not this intimidation. I just want to be touched and I want them to feel comfortable and I want me to be comfortable, you know? So definitely that kind of 
you know, being physical with the rubber is something I'm really looking forward to. I can't wait to go to some parties. I can't wait to play with some people. And already now that everyone's been vaccinated, I've started to kind of reach out to people and start to see if they want to do some play sessions and stuff, which has been great because I think even that extra little time in that pandemic was a little bit more time for me to get some healing with just me and the rubber, you know, being able to feel me again, you know, feeling sexy and being okay with being sexual again was, um, it was very nice. Being in the healing mode, as you mentioned, have you ever, and you can tell me different subject if you want to, but have you dealt with mental health issues? Oh yeah. A lot of that too, along with the physical health issues I had growing up, there was a lot of mental health issues along with it as well. Uh, my family has a history of mental health issues. Um, and I realized as I was going through uh, college and a little bit to young adulthood that it really started to show. I had a concussion when I was in college and that mm. kind of was the trigger that really brought along a lot of the mental health issues. Um, since I was 12, I always dealt with a little bit of bipolar depression. Um, it didn't get worse until I was in my college years and post-college. Um, but after the concussion um, and post-college, I started realizing that I was really taking on my mother's uh, borderline personality disorder, um, having a hard time with boundaries, having a hard time knowing where am I and where is the other person. Um, and in that, uh, because of the kind of traumatic brain injury that I had, it wasn't really bad, but it was enough to really cause a lot of that kind of like that ability to hold back or be able to control that mental health, it kind of switched off. It's almost like that breaker was broken. Mm -hmm. So it would kind of, you know, kind of get out of control in aspects. So the past couple of years have been doing a lot of healing, I'm trying to fix a lot of those mental health issues, fix a lot of the trauma that I've had to endure a lot through my life. And even now, now that uh, I've been doing really well with my um, shine fitness business and stuff, I've gotten to the point now I've been able to afford a therapist. So I've been working on my mental health uh, for the past month and a half, and it's been doing very well. It's been very difficult, but um, yeah, I, I've even found, again, like rubbers just changed my life. I even find that the rubber really helps with my mental health. When I'm feeling really depressed and down, when I put the rubber on, I have so much energy. I just feel so much better. When I find myself getting overwhelmed because I feel like I'm taking on a lot of people's energy or I feel like I'm disassociating from myself, I put the rubber on and I'm feeling myself and I'm tapping into myself. It's been a complete life-changing experience. <laughs> it's been life-changing. It's an armor, isn't it? It is. It's, it's a boundary. It's a, a physical boundary. You know, we have energetic boundaries and we have, you know, a house. Yeah, that's a boundary, you know, but to have something so close to your skin that energy cannot pass through, you know, you try to shock yourself wearing rubber gloves, it's not going to happen, you know. So to be able to have that physical boundary to really strengthen up those energetic boundaries when it comes to having like something like borderline personality disorder, it's a game changer. It's a game changer. When I talked to Vicki DeVica earlier in our program, I talked to her about the wearing of gas masks and the wearing of helmets and the wearing of those isolating materials. And I can only imagine, because I haven't been lucky enough to experience it yet, what that must feel like simply being in that state of oneness aloneness, but at the same time, feeling complete. Can you explain your feeling when you're in that? I feel safe. 
I feel very safe. It doesn't matter really what's going on around me. And technically the things around me could be causing me danger, but I feel this sense of calm and safe because I'm protected. I, I feel myself, you know, I feel <laughs> enclosed. I feel safe. And especially when you wear like the full face hood and the full coverage hood, um, I remember when I first bought the first cat suit, that was the second thing I bought was the, the toe socks, the gloves and the hood. Cause I wanted to be able to experience that entire full enclosure latex experience um, because it feels so comforting because it feels safe. You're in isolation alone by yourself in this really comfortable material. Hi, this is Jane Boone, the author of the novel Edge Play. It's a revenge fantasy where the big short meets 50 shades of gray. Only the women wield the whips and the billionaires submit. You can find it at Amazon in paperback or for your Kindle. And be sure to check out my episode with Tara Indiana right here on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. Thank you. Realizing that you're polyamorous can be a wonderful insight. Polyamory Dating Guide is a book about finding other people who share your view of polyamory and want to share it with you. This book includes a variety of sections on poly-specific dating, such as navigating online dating with a review of poly-specific dating sites and how to make a profile that works, real-time dating tips that will tell you where to find polyam people and how to make a positive impression, how to date as an existing couple, and if you should, dating as an introvert, queer in dating, and lots more. Get your copy at polyamorydatingguide.com. Do you want to leave us a comment, thought, or have something to contribute to the show? You can now call or text us at the 3W hotline at 513-788-2527. That's 513-788-2527. Or drop us an email at john, J-O-N, at datingkinky.com. That's john, J-O-N, at datingkinky.com. We can't wait to hear from you. Samantha, a.k.a. Master Trinity, is the owner of Shine Fitness Training. It is a different way of training if you want it to be, because you even have a program called Latexercise. Tell me about that. So Latexercise was basically invented the moment I had my cat suit experience. My first re initial reaction was one, I wanna get full enclosure rubber, but two, I wanna exercise in this. <laughs> so I bought some exercise clothes. I got a sports bra and some leggings. And when they came in, I went to the gym and I worked out. Now, because of the stigmas and everything like that, I wore a sweatsuit over top of it. So nobody knew I was wearing it underneath, but I enjoyed the workout. I sweat. I felt like I detoxed my body really nice. I felt my body better, especially when I was doing a lot of like the hinge motions, like um, RDLs or like kettlebell swings and stuff like that. Even one leg RDLs, hinging in the hips felt really, really great. Um, and even my chest, anything that was covering with that sports bra, I felt like I was able to get better squeeze because my awareness was there more. I was actually mm -hmm. thinking about what I could feel under the latex. So I started thinking about 
you know, how, how could you incorporate this material into certain types of workouts? Just like you would use a latex band for a certain type of motion or type of workout, you could use the latex material across your body to generate certain types of workouts and motions. I know specifically the elbows and the knees when encased with a tight latex, it's tight and it's definitely 0, 0.4 or something a little bit heavier than that. It's like a resistance band. When you start bending at those joints, you're creating a little bit more work through those deep part of those muscles that connect into the tendons, which helps to open up that joint. It actually gives a little bit of space. It also kind of allows some more blood flow in that area. It was a technique that actually somebody showed me using a, a long TheraBand, like a long latex band. And all they did was tourniquet their knee and they were doing like extensions with it. They're just straightening and bending their knee. And they did that as a warm up before they did their squats. And I'm like, well, what if you were just wearing latex pants? <laughs> you know, you didn't have to do the whole tourniquet and tie it all around your leg. You were just wearing them. So now you're getting that same exact warm up during the workout. So that's where I kind of started coming up with some movements and stuff that you could do with latex uh, clothing that was going to try to reduce as much tear as possible um, and keep it as safe as possible. But I mean, there's a risk that comes with it. When you're exercising latex, you're moving around with it. Latex doesn't last forever. It's going to break, but we want to make sure to extend that life of the latex clothing as long as we possibly can so that there's no mishaps in the gym. But it's uh, that's kind of where it all came in from was uh, my experience with the cat suit. And then just being a personal trainer, I was like, how can I make this happen for my workouts? <laughs> how can I feel that same feeling? Are there any clients that say, I'll do this with you? I do have one client who consistently wears latex for our exercises. And I think it's right. He has the perfect latex uh, fitness outfit for what he wants to do. He likes doing high intensity, lots of movement exercises. So he wears latex shorts. So there's not going to be some stretch coming in from your knees and your ankles, but you still feel that awareness in the hips. He wears a latex tank top. So it's two separate pieces. So you don't have to worry about doing an overhead reach and it mm -hmm. ripping or anything like that. There's a lot of movement that can happen within the latex. So for him personally, it helps him to feel that awareness through his core, through his twisting and through his hips a lot. It gives him lots of movement. He doesn't have to worry about it ripping very easily. We've been working out for probably a little bit over two months now and, and the outfit's still going, you know, and he's been working really hard. We, we do basically CrossFit type stuff. So he definitely really enjoys working out in the latex. Um, I've had some people work out the latex with me, but it was definitely more of uh, a naughty workout, which I do <laughs> offer. Um, I think that working out the sexual energy with the physical energy, I mean, sex is physical, you know, so to be able to work out your body and kind of bring that sexual energy to it, it just makes the whole entire body system work better. So to be able to give people that experience and they get to wear their latex workout outfit, and we'll do some type of sexual kind of motions, you know, maybe some hip thrusts or something that's going to help them in their sex life. Um, it definitely makes for a really, really fun experience, but also effective. What is your typical client? What is the demographic um, of them? Um, my typical clients, I mean, I guess on average right now, they're definitely going to be more maybe between 30 and 40 year old males. A lot of the clients I had before Shine Fitness Training, the ones I've had just in the gym, I do work with a couple of women. 
Um, we've gone virtual now, which has been really great. Um, but for the most part, I think the guys feel a little bit more confident um, approaching, you know, me and being like, I want to work out. They like that aspect of trying to impress me. I think <laughs> I think <laughs> that being a little bit intimidated by the fact that I'm watching them makes them work a little harder, which is really great. Um, for me personally, I feel like I get along with men very easily. So to have that demographic of people to work with, it's just, it's a piece of cake. It's just that my type of people to work with. I would love it if I could find... Um, a woman who likes to wear latex during working out. Um, I'd love to be able to show her some stuff. Um, I do have a lady I work with um, and we've been working out for probably maybe two or three months now. And, and we do a lot of type of stuff to kind of help feminize her body, which has been really, really great. I really enjoy doing stuff like that. As much as I like, you know, to tear someone up and really kind of give them a really good workout. At the same time, I do like that body sculpting. So any ladies who are hearing this, you know, if you're looking to get, you know, not muscular, but really tight and tone your abs, your ass, I got you. We can always work on that too. So that's usually my demographic though. Being 58, I did not take care of myself very well. I was never totally out of shape or didn't have a huge beer belly because I didn't drink, but I've never been quite the way I want to do that. Is it ever too late to start? Not at all. And you know what? It all depends on what you're looking for. You know, I think we look at these fitness professionals online who are ripped. They got these eight packs, these big arms. Is that really healthy? Is that really sustainable? Does this person have a social life or are they in the gym all the time? You know, are they constantly worried about, you know, my meal plan, my next workout? You know, for some people that lifestyle fits them and that's fine. But to have that standard of body image placed upon the normal person who just wants to experience and enjoy life, I think is um, unsustainable and unreachable. You know, that's a whole nother level of supplements and steroids that most people don't want to get into. So I think the most important thing as we grow older as human beings is to just stay moving. The worst thing we can do is get caught sitting because once you sit for a while, then you want to go home and sit some more <laughs> and sit while we mm -hmm. eat and sit while we drive and sit while we watch TV and sit while we work. There's just so much sitting and, and there's just not enough movement. So to stay healthy, to stay feeling good and stay, you know, generally lean, you know, that's going to come from, you know, what, what you're putting in your body, you know, it's always diet when it comes to weight, but as it comes to physical health and just feeling good, just finding some activities that get you moving that you enjoy. Again, that's why I love the latex rubber because I know how much of an effort it takes to get into a full closure <laughs> suit and how much you feel your body when you're in it and then how much effort it takes to take it off. And within that, you're probably moving your body, feeling your body, experiencing your body for a solid one to maybe four or five hours, you know? That's how you can move without thinking about, I need to exercise, I need to do this, I need to do that. You know, Just enjoy moving your body and feeling it. It's, it's one of the healthiest ways to sustain that fitness level throughout your life. Just move. What is your favorite success story? Mm. Hmm. All right. This is my favorite success story and it's still a work in progress, but it's gotten so much better so fast. 
I, one of the health issues that I had, I had PCOS. I know a lot of women deal with polycystic ovarian syndrome. It was so bad to the point my doctor told me that I probably wouldn't be able to have kids unless I used some sort of, you know, in vitro fertilization, all that extra stuff. I never got my period correctly. It was always like three months, six months, you know, it was just all over the place. I had awful acne, awful acne. Again, I used to be bullied when I was younger, Mm -hmm. you know, I was, and even with the the rubber mask, which is why I wanted to have the rubber mask, because I was still still dealing with a lot of breakouts, and it just made me feel not very sexy. Um, but I took it upon myself to um, go on an elimination diet. I figured out where those food allergies were coming from, where the sickness was coming in from, and a lot of it had to do with what my mother ate when I was in the womb, mm-hmm. what I was fed as a child. And what I had continued to be taught to eat all throughout um, till college when I had my uh, minor nutrition, I I learned about food. Um, And then when I graduated, it all came together. And I had this um, epitome moment um, where I realized why I was having so many issues the way I was. So I completely changed my diet. And when I did that, I didn't get my period for seven months at one point. I was about to call the doctor and be like, yo, something's wrong. Cause all of a sudden I cut this certain food out of my diet and now I stopped getting my menstrual cycle. Mm. I got my period on Valentine's day. And that's when I knew it was like the universe's way of saying like, you're on the right track. Um, three months later, I got it again. So now I'm back on that three month cycle. And since that three months, I've gotten it every single month and every month I see more and more healing. My face is starting to clear up. I still got some scars I try to cover them up as much as I can. My face is cleared up. My stomach isn't as distended anymore. I'm naturally more cut. I don't have this kind of layer of fat that I can't seem to get rid of. If I want to get rid of it, I know how to, you know, my joints have gotten more flexible. Um, my mental health has gotten better. I feel like a calmer person. The healing has finally taken place. And that success to me, feeling like I had the control over my own health. I didn't have to wait to go to the doctor to fix my problems. I didn't have to blame my problems on anything else. I had the power to fix it myself um, because of the education that I found for myself. Um, and that was, that's been the biggest success story. I never thought that, that would happen for me. I never thought this would be fixed. Everyone said, that's just something, it's just something you're going to have for the rest of your life. No, <laughs> you can fix polycystic ovarian syndrome. It's tough. It's difficult. There's a lot of purging. There's a lot of healing, but it can happen. So that's, that's definitely the biggest success story I've had in my entire life. What makes me feel such awe about that? is the fact that I was totally expecting a story about you helping somebody. But as we go back to that quote that I had from Twitter, the most important thing that you say is to yourself and love yourself. You're the living example of it. Do you, you hear yourself? The, oh, go ahead, sir. Do you share that's okay. Do you mm-hmm. share these stories with some of your clients to inspire them? I share those stories with those who I think are willing to hear it. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a tough subject because there's one aspect that I left out that if I mention it, everyone kind of gets tense. I don't even want to talk about it. We're just going to keep it to where it is. I just want people to think about maybe what it is. Um, but I share it with my clients who maybe one are dealing with something somewhat similar. They feel as though their health is out of their control. 
And I want to remind them that their health is in their control and I can help them get it under control because I've been there. I've done that. I've experienced it. I've went through the purging process. And I think that's what's scary for a lot of people is once you, once you take the poison out of the body, the poison comes out of the body. So you take something away and all of a sudden your symptoms get worse. And so people panic. They say, oh, this, this is bad for me. No, 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 no. The bad is finally coming out so that the healing can happen, you know? Um, so to be able to kind of guide people through that and give them the encouragement they're looking for when they're going through that tough, difficult place in that healing process. Um, I'm grateful for the experience that I've had in my life with those issues that I've had to fix for myself without someone else telling me how to do it because I can show other people how to do that. The more I heal myself, the more other people can heal and we can all heal together. But if I try to heal you, but I'm not healing me, I'm trying to fix you and I'm only hurting myself, which in turn, I'm not going to be able to fix you. I'm not going to be able to help you because I haven't healed. So I think that's, it's important to make sure that you are number one first, so that you can be the best version of you to help somebody else. When is your book coming out? <laughs> my book, you know, I've actually really thought about that. And it's going to be a really freaking good book because man, my life is crazy. <laughs> I've told some, I've told a couple people some deep stuff about my life and they're just like, what? <laughs> just, it's, it's been madness. I can't, I can't believe I'm only 26. I can't believe I'm only 26. I feel like I'm 40. I feel like I've lived so long because I've experienced so much <laughs> and it's it's been great though because now I know I can experience more and more and more and more but my my life's journey has been a complete roller coaster and I don't know why but I think I'm starting to figure out why want to talk a little bit about the master trinity side of you <laughs> <Excellent>. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a lifestyle dominatrix or are you thinking in a different way? Um, well, define lifestyle dominatrix is something that I Meaning enjoy. Meaning you have partners that you do it for the fun of it. I absolutely think that's number one. If you're not doing it for the fun of it, then why the fuck are you doing it? <laughs> you know, why are you doing it? You know, are you trying to please someone else? Are you trying to portray something that other people want to see? If you're not enjoying it, you're not doing it right. So it's definitely a lifestyle dom one. And I've enjoyed that lifestyle dom life for uh, a little bit. Um, but I also keep in the back of my head that when you're good at something, never do it for free. And I have quite thought very hard about becoming um, a professional dominatrix for fun. It's not money I need. It's money that I can make and I can use it to go to fetish events. I can use it to buy more rubber. I can use it to be a better dom. Um, so I've definitely considered um, tapping into kind of that side of the dominatrix um, lifestyle, but number one, it's always gotta be fun. I'm not about to do this if I don't wanna do it. <laughs> you know, if I'm not enjoying it, I'm not doing it. That's just beautiful. What is, I'm not going to say the perfect because there is never a perfect, but what makes a good partner for you? A partner who is trusting and obedient. I think those two are the most important when it comes to having a dynamic with me. I care. 
I'm not trying to hurt somebody. I'm not trying to um, use them for my gain, you know, as much as I am also getting enjoyment out of it. If they're not enjoying themselves, I'm not enjoying myself, you know? So to have someone um, trust me to um, be able to communicate with them, even if they're having a hard time communicating, you know, trusting that I am looking after their best interest and for their best pleasure so that they can relax. They don't have to control or guide the scene as a sub. I want you to let go, let me take over. But at the same time, not only with the trust, but also being obedient. If I tell you to do something, I'm doing it because I'm telling you to do it out of your best interest. But if you don't do it, well, then we can't have that level of fun, you know? Um, so to have someone who not only trusts me, but is also trusting in their obedience makes it for such a fun experience. So those two are really important. If, if, if either of those two are lacking, like there's so many more aspects that I would also like to add in, but those two, if anything lacks in those two, if they don't trust me just that little bit, there's that tension. If they don't obey me just that little bit, it creates that little bit of tension because it feels like they don't trust me. You know, so it always comes back to those two. If they can provide those two to me, we're going to have a great time, you know, so definitely, definitely that. I have always described my number one kink is to be stuck in a moment I can't get out of. Now that can take all sorts of different meanings, but what you're describing there letting you take control, trusting you, obeying you. That sounds a lot like it. Yeah. And it's and a good place to be. God. Especially if you are making decisions all the time and you are constantly responsible for so many things. When I was a television producer for 35 years, I was always looking at my phone. I haven't, do I have an email? Do I have to turn a video board on or off? Do I have to make graphics? Oh, somebody won, so we need to do something else. It was constantly thinking about everything I had to do for everyone else. But seeing is what I do for me. Mm -hmm. And it seems to me that the life that you have lived appreciates the other side of the equation a lot, mm -hmm. especially with all the things you've had to think about in your life. Does that make you a better dominatrix? So the interesting thing about that is I'm not just a strict dom, I am a switch, but I'm a switch in the sense where I go into subspace to be a better dom. Mm -hmm. I want to experience that type of release, that letting go, that not thinking that in a predicament, you can't get out of the bondage, the breathing, all that extra stuff. I want to know how that feels. I want to be able to let go. I want to be able to do that so that I can help other people experience that even better. Um, it's hard for me to trust somebody else. It's hard for me to obey somebody else. So it's hard for me to sub which I think is important to be able to work on that aspect, be able to tap back and forth between the two adds that balance when it comes to per my personal kink, you know? Um, so as much as a dominatrix, I like to be, you know, I feel like that's my main role that I like to play. I'm a dominating type of person. Um, but in order to be a good dom, 
you need to be even a better sub. You need to understand what is that person feeling? What are they going through so that you can empathize with that and guide them through that and maybe push them further than you could go and push me, them further than I could ever go. But at least I know how to push them. How much does a role, let me try that again. <laughs> how much of a role does sensation play in your play? Repeat that again. How much of a role does sensation play in the type of play you like to do? I think that would definitely be um, probably maybe about 80%. You know, I'm not a very verbal dom. I'm not very good with my words in the moment. I'm thinking about too many other things. (laughs) I mean, at least I guess maybe I'm just being hard on myself. But, um, you know, I know some doms are really good at like the humiliation, the name calling and that kind of verbal type of domination. But my biggest thing is the sensations. You know, I want to kind of kind of play with your mind as I'm playing with the body in a sense where I'm taking it on kind of the sexual journey, you know, as I would describe, you know, that build up to that climax and that coming down motion is all kind of centered around um, the nervous system, the nerves, what are you feeling, you know, your senses, what do you hear, what do you smell, what do you taste, what do you touch, all of that kind of encapsulating into one experience is my favorite way to play with my subs. I know that you started an OnlyFans. How do you like to play with that, so to speak? What's your goal with your OnlyFans other than, my gosh, everything you do is so awesome. I could only imagine what the OnlyFans is like. (laughs) I had been debating that for a long time. I really wanted to be able to do it because again, one, it goes back to if you're good at something, never do it for free, but two, it allows me to express that very sexual part of myself um, that I want to be able to share with only a certain demographic of people, people who are really into that. You know, I know that my Twitter feed has a little bit different demographic and kind of get away with some kind of naughty things over there. I know Instagram is like real no-no, not because of the community on there, but just because of the guidelines and stuff. So when it comes to Instagram, I just feel so limited in being able to express my sexuality. On Twitter, it's a little bit easier, but my OnlyFans is where I really, really want to show people and express to people what I can do as a dominatrix. I'm not just a fetishist, even though you know, I, I'm, I love the fetish aspect of it. I'm not just some sexual person, a little kinky. I am a dominatrix and this is how I do it. This is how I work. And if you're interested in experiencing this with me, let's talk, you know? And I think that's just the way I kind of want to approach that OnlyFans is to build an even deeper community when it comes to the master trinity portion of myself. So I'd like to give you the open floor and give you the time to promote whatever you'd like including any kind of ways to connect with you. The floor is all yours, Master Trinity. Thank you very much. Um, So I am the owner of Shine Fitness Training, LLC. If you want to contact me there for any type of general fitness, late exercise fitness, or maybe a little bit more of a adult version of a workout, you can reach me at www.shinefitnesstraining.com. There will be multiple links on the website that you can click. It's going to guide you to an email that you can email me and I'll try to respond to you within 24 to 48 hours. Um, And you can reach me through there. 
Um, as for personal sessions, if you want something that's not fitness related, but more fetish or kink related, I do have an email that you can email me at dominatrix.trnty at gmail.com. Otherwise, you can just DM me. I'll probably come across it eventually. <laughs> I know I get a lot of messages. Um, but yes, please reach out, even if it's just to kind of connect and maybe um, come up with some ideas of maybe meeting each other at a party or something like that. I'm just here for the social aspect and to have some fun with a lot of people. So feel free to reach out. Um, I'm all ears. You are as charming and as wonderful as I thought you were going to be. And I can't <laughs> thank, you. thank you enough for being on the show with me today. And I hope we will catch up again very, very soon. Thank you so much for having me. It was a real pleasure. To say I am smitten, boy, that sounds like an old man word, with Master Trinity would be an understatement. I love the energy, the passion, the positivity, and the vulnerability. I'm happy to call them friend and will be cheering them on always. Next Tuesday, it's the legendary fetish model, Miss Whitney Morgan, who has a drive for fetish, a love for kink, and a passion for making content that jumps off the screen and right into your mind. Special thanks to our presenter, Dave and Kinky, and their fantastic staff. And I thank you for joining us. We'd love to hear from you, so shoot us a review on Apple Podcasts, if you please. Our social media links follow the farewell. And with that, I will say, I hope I've earned the privilege of your time and remind you to always remember consent and to love each other always. What women and other wonderful humans want connects with you. Leave us a message at 513-788-2527. And we invite you to follow us on social media. Check us out at What Women Want P1 on Twitter, What Women Want Podcast on Instagram, and for our kinky friends on FetLife at WWW Podcast. This has been a presentation of Dating Kinky. We're kinky done differently.